Assalamu alaikum and welcome to another episode of Shared Diversity. Really happy to introduce today's guest. Iman Ismail is an entrepreneur, the founder of Ink House Writing, a mother and a self-taught copywriter. In this episode, Iman shares with us her top secrets for finding your brand voice and start crafting a compelling copy. She shares with us the basics into writing copy. If you don't know what that means, don't worry, we will let you know. With a focus on how to sell your products online, she makes it easy to understand what you need to know about copywriting and storytelling as a content creator or business owner. She also shares her very unique insights into being a mother and entrepreneur and how she prioritizes her ambitions. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. Okay, so to start off, I think it would be really good for our listeners to just understand a bit more about yourself. So if you could introduce yourself in 30 seconds. I, I feel like 30 seconds is a bit long to talk about myself. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it, but I will try my best. Well, that's 10 seconds gone already, so that's good. Um, My name is Iman Ismail. I'm the founder of Ink House, um, a copywriting service for small businesses and charities at inkhouse.org.uk. I'm a creative freelancer, copywriter and mother. A few months ago, I quit my full-time job to become my own boss. I generally spend my days writing blog posts, emails, video scripts, brochures, that kind of thing for my clients. When I'm not working, I'm reading, training, I'm with my son or um, occasionally I'm binging on Netflix, if I'm being completely honest. That's so interesting, especially, um, obviously, I'm so interested in knowing more about your work and Ink House, especially, but I'm so interested just to ask you about what is the most interesting book you've read in, say, the last year? Okay, so I, I've actually been really struggling to read recently, which is really frustrating because I kind of grew up, oh gosh, I used to read like a book a day. So to not be able to read books at the moment has just been really difficult for me. It's a bit, it's a few different kind of issues, I think. The first thing, I feel like when I finally get time to relax, suddenly reading seems like it's a bit of a strain. That's one issue. And then the other issue is I just struggle with time. So I joined a book club, actually, with a family member. It's actually a BME book club. So we read books by Black and minority ethnic authors. So that gives me, you know, the the structure I need to be reading at least one title uh, a month. I try to do more, but at least one title. I recently read a book called Option B by Sheryl Sandberg, who is the COO of Facebook, I think she is. And what happened to her was her husband, really suddenly died while they were on holiday so you know I mean she has two children as well so she suddenly had to deal with this horrendous tragedy and the entire book is just about how to face adversity and how to get through adversity and it was a book that really changed my kind of perspective on life really I found it really interesting as well because I she's Jewish and I could just relate to so many of the things that she was talking about because so many of the principles she was talking about we also you know believe in in Islam so it was a really interesting book to read and I would really recommend it for people and actually I wouldn't just recommend it for people who are going through difficulties I'd also recommend it to everyone because at some point you will go through a difficulty and, and this book really trains you how to deal with adversity maybe even before it even before it hits you it's always good to be you know prepared I'm interested in that book, especially because I've read her first book, the one where she got most famous of, I think, which was mostly about a woman in the workforce. How is it? Uh, Lena? Yes, that's the one. I actually have that on my bookshelf. I'm not going to lie. It's one of those that I started reading and then put down because it just didn't, it didn't get me. But I do want to go back because everybody says it's amazing. But option B, really, I was just hooked. 
That's so interesting because I actually didn't read it. I think if I would have read it, it would have kind of had the same experience as you. But I uh, listened to it. So I had the audiobook version. The most important for me was actually how we can take ownership of our lives and our, of our careers. So I wanted to ask you one specific question because we are talking about books as well. And I asked you yesterday, you know, could you talk a little bit more about your work in media and how, how you got into media? And you said something interesting. You said... Actually, I don't work in media. I am in writing. Can you explain more about that? Yeah, I mean, gosh, it's really interesting. It was really interesting to me that you, your kind of perception was that my work was media, which is very interesting. But I mean, I guess personally, I would just say I am more of a writer. I still, I still struggle actually to call myself a writer. I mean, I, I literally, I work. I don't know, forty hour weeks work it you know writing constantly and I still struggle to call myself a writer just because it's such a it's always been kind of a dream a dream of mine essentially but yeah so what I do is um I'm a copywriter specifically um and not many people know what that means um so I'll just explain it a lot of people think it has something to do with copyright law and it doesn't nothing to do with copyright law um so basically I am not gonna lie. I remember the time where I thought this was something with copyrights. Like, right? I mean, honestly, like people feel stupid for asking me that question. It's really not a stupid question because I get it so often, so often. It's the first thing people ask. <laughs> That's so interesting. So, copywriting um, is basically writing the text for any kind of marketing or advertising material. Um, So the text, which we call copy, which is where copywriting, um, the word copywriting comes from, aims to either increase brand awareness and um, persuade the audience to take a certain action. Um, So copy usually always involves a call to action at the end. So you're asking your audience to do something. So that might include... um, I mean, some of my work includes, for example, writing a brochure for a charity where, you know, at the end of the brochure, you're asking for them to donate. Um, It might be an email marketing campaign where you're either just trying to increase awareness of the brand or you're trying to get them to maybe come to an event or, again, maybe donate or buy a product. Um, And I do a lot of um, video scripts and flyers and um, and case studies as well and that kind of thing um I also do content writing which is kind of more writing to inform I always I always say that copywriting is more kind of writing that sells Mm -hmm. um and content writing is maybe writing that informs so that involves kind of blog posts um um yeah blog posts I'd say um and and I guess I guess some other things as well but a lot of my time is spent writing writing blog posts for my clients. So the interesting thing about copywriting is that um, none of the work is published under my name. I am um, writing as my client, as that organization, that company, that brand. Mm-hmm. So the reader will know that I've written it. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just I think that's quite an interesting, um, interesting uh, fact about about copywriting. So, I mean, unless somebody comes to me and says, can you write an article for me as you, as Iman, um, then I'll have my name published. Um, otherwise, um, nope, it's, it's, it's all under the client's name. Your last one, right, that some, uh, nothing is basically um, published under your name unless they ask you to. Is there like a difference? Um, 
in the way you would write about a certain like blog post, for example, if it's under your name? Like, how is like the style of writing different? Well, it's that's a really good question, actually. So, um, yes, the, the style would be entirely different because when I'm writing as me, I can just be me. And when I'm writing, I try to be quite conversational, um, quite friendly. So my kind of um, the tone of voice that, I, that I'm going for is always going to be friendly and um, um someone that you can trust I want it to sound like you're just taking kind of advice from a friend or listening to a friend right um whereas when I'm writing for the client I can't write in my voice anymore I have to write in whatever tone of voice they've chosen to use which is really quite interesting because obviously um you know I these a lot a lot of these companies are companies that have been going for years and years so they have they've been writing for a really long time they already have a style and I have to somehow find a way to um to imitate that style in a way that makes sure that you know the audience can't really tell they sh the audience shouldn't be able to tell that there's a different writer um mm -hmm. there's one client in particular that I'm thinking of that has a really kind of um fun dramatic like kind of over dramatic fun um it tries to be quite funny and cool voice um and I, I usually I have to kind of find my inner I don't know I think drama queen maybe um I, I, I'm, I'm so sure that my family would say I don't have to search too far to find my drama queen but um I, that's one client that I always have to just stop and just take a moment and and just think really about what I'm going to write. Um, I often go through their kind of um, their old blog posts and read it just so that I can kind of get into almost character. Um, and I definitely think it is that. I think, you're, you know, when you're writing, when you're copywriting, you're, you're in character, you're writing as the client. So the voice is going to change with every client, which, which is part of what I love doing and, and kind of why I love doing it as well. So how did you uh, get into copywriting in the first place? Um, Interestingly, kind of like every copywriter that you'll speak to, I think I, I kind of fell into it. Um, I didn't know that it was a thing. I um, I was actually pregnant at the time and I didn't, I, I wanted a job where um, I didn't have to kind of run around everywhere. Um, I liked the idea of working from home. So I was trying to find something that would accommodate for that. So I just emailed a few companies and was asking um if they had kind of any work that I could do from home. And one guy got back to me and said that he didn't have the position that I was looking for, but he did need someone to write monthly blog posts for him. Um, and I didn't even know that this was a thing. I was just completely blown away by the fact that someone was going to pay me to actually write blog posts. Mm. Um, and I was just like, this is definitely something that I want to do. So it kind of all started from there. And at that time, my, oh gosh, I was not being paid a lot. I, I was being, I was not being paid a lot. Um, but you know, it was the, it was my first kind of, um, official content writing gig. I mean, I'd, I'd done lots of writing before and I'd been published in kind of various different things, but I've never really done anything like this before writing mm. for a, writing for a company as a, as a company. Um, and it just kind of spiraled from there. So from that content writing, I went into, um, kind of editing, um, and, I, and just kind of built up a client base. Um, I eventually decided that, you know, this is definitely what I want to do, but I want to do it for an agency or, um, 
or in-house for a company. Um, eventually, alhamdulillah, I found um, a full-time job um, where I could do exactly that. So I was um, working in the in the communications department. I mean, I say in the communications department, but I was the only member of that department. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, and, and most of my work was copywriting and... And I just realized, you know, this is this um, working in kind of communications and helping organizations find their voice and helping them to communicate with their audience and, and writing for them was was something that I really enjoyed. I loved doing it. And I just thought this is what, what I want to do. Um, I finally found I finally kind of finally felt like I'd found my thing. Um and you know I think before I'd kind of taken it for granted I I, I kind of thought mm. writing was something that everyone could do um but you know you realize that it, it's not it's really not so you know I realized that oh okay this is actually something I can do let's let's do it so what would you think like what would you say is like the most important characteristic that would make a successful copywriter um and how could you practice that characteristic and put it into action okay so i i actually i mean the first thing that came to mind was versatility for me um going back to that idea of having to um be in character and you know use a voice use a writing voice that's not yours being able to write in different styles and different voices and that kind of thing because ultimately a client isn't paying you to sound like you when you write for them mm. they want you to sound like them right yeah. so you have to be able to do that but actually the more I think about it and um, the more I kind of reflect on the situation that I'm in um, I think probably one of the most important characteristics is being able to take criticism mm. um, I mean I am just I really struggle I struggle like it's, a, it's it physically hurts me <laughs> to receive criticism mm -hmm. I'm really working on this I'm really trying to be okay with it and it's so hard to be in a situation where you're not okay with criticism mm -hmm. as a copywriter because your work is being critiqued constantly from comments that people are writing on, underneath your blog posts and that kind of thing to actually the clients who might tell you that you know actually I don't like this part of the work can you can you change that or this needs to be redone or you know feedback from the team has been that this needs to go it's really difficult because and it's really hard sometimes not to take it personally because this is your work you know you've kind of you've put so much effort into it um but it's just so important to kind of get to a place where you can take criticism and to get to a place where you know you realize it's not personal the client is paying you um And, you know, they have a right to love the work that you give them. So if you need to make a few tweaks for that to happen, um, this work is not your baby, you know, it's it's their baby. <laughs> so you have to find a way to be okay with that and and listening. How, how, how do you find this? Like, how do you find your way to be okay with it? And, and how do you, like, balance it from, like, understanding it is your work, but it's not your baby? Like I mean, it's taken me a while. Um, I think the really important thing is to learn how to listen. Um, because, you know, when you want to be defensive and, you know, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I, when I do receive criticism, 
this little, little voice kind of in my head like if if for example a client were to say oh this this you know this isn't working can we try something else this little voice in my head saying but you know you don't understand what I was trying to do and maybe you just don't get it and it was you know um you know ultimately that's that doesn't even matter it doesn't even it does not even matter um this is essentially you know a customer service um, oriented business this is customer service it's part of customer service to make sure that your customer is happy and quite frankly um you're not going to get any more customers if you don't leave every customer happy and mm. alhamdulillah I've been really grateful to be able to have um every single one of the clients that I've worked with have come back to me alhamdulillah have come back to me to work with me again and and I think that's because I genuinely try to listen to what they're saying and I really try so hard to just put that defensive little voice that's in my head to the side and just listen to what they're saying and really just take on board their comments and their advice and just really trying to understand what it is they want um and to be honest I think part of that is um has to do with the 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 kind of the process system that you actually have in place if you don't understand the brief that you've given been given right at the beginning if you're not on the same page with the client and you don't actually understand what it is they want you will never achieve that the end product that they're looking Mm -hmm. for because you've just always been on different pages from the start right so I have a really um strict system at the Mm -hmm. beginning of each project where I work with my client and they give me a brief and I I work they fill in the brief themselves we I look through it I talk to them about it make sure that I understand it before I even start working um and it just saves that saves time it saves money it saves um effort um and it just saves you know there being any misunderstandings as well um I think that's also a big advice for those um working um with like a small team or even within uh, a company because communication is something that is so vital for us to practice better and I think from from listening part I think listening is one of the most like important characteristics you can have just as a human but in business it's both like you say you're creating a brief that means asking the right questions so you can listen to the right answers um, that will then bring you to the to the to, to the best work that you can basically give exactly exactly um and I think you know um the the client as well on the other side has to understand how important that part of the process is as well because you know that part takes a little time from them you know they have to take time out of their schedule to write this brief or to talk about this brief and they probably didn't expect it to take you know 20 minutes half an hour of their time but ultimately uh, you know if they realize how important that part of the of the process is you know um they will cooperate and they they will help you um in this in this part because they understand that it's vital to helping them get what they want at the end i know that there are a lot of people out there that have maybe their own brands or they are interested in getting into copywriting um but for those who are just starting out like what can you give like what advice can you give for those just starting up their brands um how they should deal with their creating their own copy i guess for those starting out the very first thing that i would say is that you need a portfolio so um I mean, the first thing that, you know, clients ask for are writing samples. So if you don't have a portfolio, um, that's the kind of number one thing that you really need to be working on. Um, So you you can do that by 
starting off as maybe a volunteer writer um I can't imagine um any company or charity saying no to um someone who is saying that they'll write for them for free um and you know you might not be making money at the start but it's really important um to get that portfolio going um and eventually inshallah you you will make money um through that portfolio portfolio so just kind of see it as an investment but in terms of um improving your copy I think um well, I really believe that that copywriting is a skill that can be learned. So you may not be the greatest copywriter now. I don't think I'm the greatest copywriter right now. Um, but just know that there's, it's always possible for you to get better and to improve. So the biggest piece of advice I would give you is to make sure that you're constantly learning whether that is from reading books about copywriting and there are quite a lot. Um, so just kind of have a search for them. Um, whether it's listening to podcasts, um, there are quite a few copy-related podcasts. I have to recommend one in particular that's called the Hot Copy Pod- the Hot Copy Podcast by Kate Toon and Belinda Weaver. They are such such good kind of mentors to have. And I do I say mentor. I mean I will probably never meet them. Um, although interestingly, Kate Toon is actually from the same town as me. Um, same city as me uh, but they both now live in Australia well Kate Toon lives in Australia and I think Belinda Weaver lives in America but Belinda is Australian as well and they just have some really good advice they've been copywriting for a really long time they know what they're doing they want to help people get better they both train copywriters and business owners um, to just write better so have a listen to that podcast um, have a listen to some other podcasts have a look at websites like um, pro copywriters um and you know follow some copywriters as well and see what they're doing and see what they've done um just constantly make sure that you're that you're learning and that you're in this kind of copywriting world bubble as well because it is a bit of a bubble um but once you're once you're in it um you'll find kind of all the resources and support you need nice and i i also would recommend uh one source which is yours so your blog has a lot of input that is interesting for oh, copywriting and i saw that you also have the resource list on your blog so i'll link uh i'll include a link below for people to just check it out thank you very much yes do and actually i do intend i, I was just gonna say i do intend to write actually a few blog posts on how to get into copywriting so do look out for that soon um because i've had quite a few people ask me this question and i thought it'd be really good to just get it up on my blog as well Nice. That's amazing. What would you say is just out of the um, now for people to start? If I would, for example, want to create a brand and I just want to, like, for example, write the about me part and I just want to, like, write some initial blog posts so people, when they come to my website, they have something to read. Um, what would you say, like, are three action steps that I can take right now to write better copy? Okay, so focus on the audience. Put yourself in the shoes of the audience. Um, work out what it is they want. Um, so stop, stop thinking about what you want the audience to know and start thinking about what the audience wants to know, right? So if someone is coming onto your website, they want to know why they should choose you as a copywriter, how your particular experience is going to help them. So tailor your about me page so that they go away knowing um, why they should choose you in particular, as opposed to me, for example. Um, So just always kind of empathize, always empathize with your audience. Um, That would be my 
first um, piece of advice. The second, um, I guess this doesn't necessarily relate to, to what you're doing, but just to give you an idea of what everyone else is doing, do some research and have a look at other people's websites. Have a look at the good and the bad. Um, the good, you can work out what you like from that and that can help you to understand what it is that you want to do. And, and when you see websites that you don't like or that you think are written really badly, it gives you a good insight into what not to do because that's that's equally as important, I think. That is so an interesting um, tip just to jump in here because um, it's so important for everyone to understand like who are the big players as well in the market and if you like their style because there's always someone that, for example, is huge in your business but it's just like, this is really not my style. Yes. But there, there will be something that you can learn from that page or exactly. something that you can learn from you know their strategy, what they are applying and you will be able to apply it to yours. Yes, absolutely. I totally agree. Um, and I think, I think the final piece of advice would be actually just make sure that when you're writing, you're not using kind of overcomplicated words. I think the art of copywriting is to write. My third piece of advice would be to make sure that your writing isn't overcomplicated. So don't use fancy words or long, difficult words thinking that it will impress your audience. Because as you're writing, you you generally want your audience to just to just, you know, read and understand what you're saying. What long and complicated words do is actually kind of jar the reader and it makes you have to stop and think about what's being said and overly complicated sentences completely lose your audience you don't want that you want them to just read as if you know I don't know as easily as you would you know as a professional swimmer is, is swimming a length it should just be so smooth and simple um avoid complicated words avoid jargon really think about who your audience is I actually do use the term copywriting on my website um, just to give you an example, but I thought really hard about whether or not I should do that because so many people don't know what a copywriter is. It took me a really long time to work out whether I need to really break that down or whether I can just use the word copywriter to describe myself. I decided that I could in the end because when I kind of mapped out my customer, my ideal customer's journey, I figured that by the time they get to me, they've already realized that what they need is a copywriter and they're just trying to find the right one. So these are the kind of things that you have to think about. Um, and I mean, I'm just going to add on one last piece of advice um, following on from that is just really think about who your ideal customer is. Who do you want to attract? Um, because that will definitely influence how you write and what you write as well. Nice. They're so good because um, sometimes I'm, I'm thinking of... Uh, people who have their own blog and they put for, for example they start talking about themselves and their lives and at some point they're thinking okay this is what I can add to a market uh, and this is how I should speak now but they feel it's like very different to what they have written before and I love your advice that you should speak to an audience because obviously you speak to different people differently I need to understand if who your who your target market is and who the ideal customer is like you say and then how can I speak to them so they understand me? You know, you don't make someone understand yeah. uh, something about your work who has already worked in copywriting for five years the same way you would ask or educate someone who doesn't even know what that is. So um, it's really a thing Absolutely. to like really target it to the people you speak to. 
Now, one thing which I have to give to you is your website introduction of yourself is so cute. I was like laughing and I was like, oh my God, this is so sweet. <laughs> Mashallah, it was so amazing. Oh, thank you. Well, it's really interesting that you say that because, you know, I really thought about this and I really thought about, you know, obviously people are going to go to my about about page and, um, you know, what do, they, what do I want them to pick up on? And actually, I'm planning to kind of um, just edit that page just a little bit. Um, but I really, really wanted to get, a, get across kind of my character um, because I figured, you know, before people start working with me, they probably need to get an idea of who I am. Um, and if they don't like it, then they know that I'm not the person for them. And this is a, this is a really interesting thing because um, as much as we're trying to find clients, um it's also kind of a process where you're sieving out the clients that aren't right for you because sometimes clients aren't so hopefully um hopefully people who like my about page will get in contact and want to work with me and and those who don't <laughs> um won't essentially and um, that's that's better for everyone right yeah they they won't be the ideal customer then for you because yeah. they'll just make problems yeah, yeah exactly. exactly it's okay one thing I wanted to ask you more about is obviously what kind of pizza do you like because we all know you like pizza from your website oh, you. okay. well oh god I wish it was something more interesting but I'm a very strict sweet corn person um I only have sweet corn on my pizzas and I get a double portion as well so there's plenty of sweet corn in like all areas um yeah that's sweet corn pizza I wish it was more interesting <laughs> you have to you have to oh and then another thing which is very inspiring for me and I think for a lot of women out there is apart from your business you're also a full-time mother um how is it to to run your own um thing and and be a mother at the same time it's definitely a challenge but it's extremely rewarding as well I mean this is is probably the primary reason I left my full-time um employment um because I just wasn't I felt like I wasn't spending enough time at home. Um, I was doing a daily commute to another city, um, which just added hours and hours onto my day. Um, you know, it was really, it was 12 hour days and I was coming home and I just thought, I, I do not live to work. I live mm. to, you know, be my son's mother and to spend time with him and to see him and to be able to put him to bed, um, you know, every night, subhanAllah. So, my just to kind of give everyone a an idea of the timeline I I set up I actually set up Pink House about a year and a half ago um but what happened is as I was setting it up I got the full-time job um the one that I, I recently left so I decided to kind of put Ink House on the on the on to the side and and go do this job so Ink House was kind of always there the website was done I was taking a client or so every few months just to like keep it going um but it was really not going and so when I when I realized it was kind of time to leave my work um, and that I needed to spend more time at home um I knew in instantly Ink House was what I wanted to do I'm finding that in these first few months I'm definitely working a lot more than I thought I would be um just because I'm still in the you know in the beginning stages where everything is kind of being set up and I've I've allowed myself to kind of realize that there's this there's an interesting kind of um, idea of working in seasons. So I've I've kind of allowed myself to 
understand that this is going to be a busy season and in the next few months things will calm down because you know those initial things that um, I needed to work on while I was setting up will have been set up and I will have done it so things will calm down eventually so it's been a lot busier than I expected um but the great thing is now that I work for myself I manage my own time um, and I manage my own day so I do get to spend a lot more time with my son alhamdulillah I, I have to be quite strict with myself because I know that I'm not going to get work done when I'm with him so he goes to nursery um every day um every weekday and when it, when he goes to nursery, I, I go to the office and start working. Um, and I try to leave at a reasonable time around um, kind of five-ish, half five, I go and pick him up. And that means that we get home and we have that whole kind of bedtime routine that we didn't have when I was, was in employment um, working for another company. And I just really cherish those moments. And every night we have we have a um, bath or, or shower time if we're trying to speed it up we have bath time or shower time um and I just see that time as as a real kind of bonding bonding time we have story time alhamdulillah every time be, uh, every every night before bed and and then he goes to sleep and and I I just really cherish those moments because I didn't have them when I was when I was working in another city um and it was really difficult and every mother knows how difficult it is um working when you're a mom the guilt that you feel just constantly it just just never ends um and you know you when you stay at home because I was a stay at home mom for a while um and I didn't I didn't feel like I was ready to go to work until until my son was about a year and a half old. Um, and I enjoyed that time and I loved it. Um, but I also remember feeling like feeling guilty for just being at home, even though I wasn't just at home. I was I was raising a baby, you know. Um, but you'd, I mean, I don't know. I can't speak for everyone, but I know I and, and some of the people I've spoken to have just felt like. I don't know society makes us feel like it's not enough to be a stay-at-home mom and of course that isn't the reason I went to I went decided to go out to work but when I did go out to work I then had to deal with all the guilt that comes with not being at home with my son so you know at this point at a place in my life where I'm realizing that Firstly, my mum was a single mum, was uh, worked full time my entire life, did two degrees as well while working full time, raising me. Alhamdulillah, she's honestly a superwoman. Um, And I only look back at her and and see my mum as an example, um, someone I want to be like. And I'm I'm very grateful that she worked so hard um, in order to be able to raise me alone and to give me everything that I needed and wanted. And I just hope that when my son is older and... um, that he'll be able to, you know, have those same feelings and and look at me as um as someone that he looks up to, and you know, you know, hopefully there won't be any kind of resentment there or anything like that. And you know, Alhamdulillah, I have a really supportive family as well, and I'm definitely not, you know, raising him alone. There's a whole village raising him, so Alhamdulillah, he has that as well. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. What it has helped you to overcome that guilt and like what kind of attitudes? did you have to establish in your life to come at the point where you are right now? Well, um, it took me a while, but I really see my work as a form of ibadah because I go out to work so that I can help provide for my family. Um, and that in itself is ibadah. So I 
feel like the time that I kind of trained myself to think about the time that I spend away from my son is um is worship it's for Allah and it's for my son as well it's for my family I've done the best that I can in terms of um choosing um a, a childcare place that I think you know hones his skills and where he where he can play and where his where he's learning and where he's having fun and where he feels comfortable as well so he's happy um and I, I remind myself that he's happy and he's happier with other children than he would be at home by himself with me and ultimately you know Allah knows that I am here trying to make this work ultimately because I want to ensure that my family is in a place where you know we have everything we we need and want so in all that um say dam- dynamic that you have between being a mother and running your business and kind of navigating those two big parts of your life um what does success really mean to you this is a really hard question i mean for a really long time success if i'm being completely honest meant to me being extraordinary and really extraordinary and people seeing you as extraordinary and uh, alhamdulillah I come from a family of perfectionists and overachievers alhamdulillah <laughs> and so this was really it, it wasn't even something that I, I was taught you know nobody taught me that but I just felt like su- success was you know you feeling like wow about yourself and other, others feeling that as well as I've kind of grown older mm-hmm. as I've become a mum and I think it's I think we're being unrealistic if we don't admit that motherhood um slows things down in terms of your career um and also just you know what you want to do for yourself and your own life because you have something someone else to think about as well and you know I often get this feeling like I don't control kind of my own I'm not in control of my own time anymore which is a really difficult feeling to have um but you know so as as I've kind of become a mother as I have started this business um I really just feel like success is achieving happiness in a way that is pleasing to Allah azawajal so I am still trying to work out what exactly happy means I know that it's um safety um I know that it's freedom. Um, I know that it's um, freedom from poverty. Um, just knowing that you know you're okay, alhamdulillah. Uh, and then, and then maybe just having mm. a sense of purpose and feeling like you know my work and my life means something um, more than just me. That's really a reminder, I think, for all of us to redefine what success means to us. Because we often make it dependent on how other people define it and how our society defines it in terms of mostly materialistic things yeah. or, like you say, um, what other people think of you. So it's really interesting to have it more inwardly and also um, like two-dimensional to like inside you and obviously to towards Allah. So um, that's Thank a really you. beautiful dynamic uh, definition of success. Now, I want to come back to your business. You have uh, kind of like explained already how you've started it. So when you started your business one and a half years ago, um, 
what was like your goal at that time and how has it changed now like what are your vi what is your vision in in your brand right now that's really interesting so my I guess the thing that made me want to do it was oh I'm essentially a bit of a control freak I don't like not having control I don't like the idea that some that my um livelihood is in the hands of someone else that you know um I guess a business goes bust potentially and then your your job is gone I don't like the idea that I have to ask someone to you know take holiday time off or you know that I need to come in late because I need to take my son to the doctors Alhamdulillah I've worked for really really supportive and you know flexible people but I I don't like um asking for anything asking for help or asking for any kind of favors and when I became a working mother I always felt like asking for um time off for my my son or you know to change my hours slightly for my son for whatever reason mm. it always felt like it was just really difficult for me to do and I, I got really tired of that feeling yeah. um And I just thought, I want to work for myself. I want to be in control of myself. I want to be in control of my own day, my own time. I want to be able to choose the people I work with. I want to be able to say yes to people. I want to be able to say no to people. Mm. Um, so it was ultimately, it was that. I just wanted to feel like I was back in control um, of my life and, and, and of my, of, you know, um, the way that my life allowed me to, um, interact with with my son as well in the time that I had with him so that was my ultimate reason and to this day that is the same reason I have the same reason and in terms of in terms in terms of my brand and where I see myself going um I like to think that you know seen as someone who really takes pride in their work who offers a, a really professional service who um is reliable I work really hard to stick to deadlines I mean it's such a simple thing and you'd think really that it really doesn't matter because in reality um you know your clients have a deadline and they could probably you know change it a day here or a day there um but it's not about the deadline it's it's the principle um it's about being reliable being trustworthy um and you know just being a person that people bring their work to and and know that it's going to get done um you know this is people your clients are trusting you with their brand with their company just like Ink House is my baby you know this company is is their baby um it's you know I, I want to be um well actually I work with a lot of charities um and that's on purpose it's intentional because I really like to feel passionate about whatever I'm writing about And it's very easy to feel passionate when you're when you're writing for charities and writing for various causes. Um, so, you know, I'd like to be seen as as an expert charity copywriter. Um, I'd like to be that copywriter that charities think of and think, oh, yeah, we want to go to her. Um, but I also want to be, you know, approachable and friendly. And um, I want to, you know, offer great advice and um be you know um maybe a, hopefully a consultant in 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 one day um and it's really interesting because you know I was speaking to a, co a copywriter just before I well just after I quit my job 
and it was just so interesting and can I just say by the way this this copywriter is also a charity copywriter and I was just blown away by the fact that she was willing to just sit down with me and talk to me over the phone for half an hour and just give me some advice about about this business basically um and I just thought it was that's amazing. That's just, that's so important to have like mentors in the space you are. Right. And the thing is, is we we were doing exactly the same thing. So, I mean, some people would call us um, each other's competition, but she didn't see it like that. She mm-hmm. just really gave me some, some, some sincere, practical advice. And I just think that's so important. I think it's so important to offer support to people um and and also you know when you do that you'll see the support come back to you you know it works it's you know it all works kind of in a in a circle like that alhamdulillah Uh, so this copywriter when she gave me she gave me some advice and she told me that now that you're going freelance and you're going to do this by yourself and you're doing it under your own business people will be much more likely to ask for your advice um because they they come to you because they just they expect you to know what to do and how to just get it done right so they will ask you what you want to do um and that was a really interesting shift so although you know I'm not officially consulting yet and I hope to do that um, more in the future I find myself in a bit of a consulting position which is very interesting it is and I hope you're also gonna continue doing that on your blog because everyone everyone should follow your blog to be honest um now as we're wrapping up I just want to ask you one thing so what advice would you have given to your 15 year old self so advice for 15 year old me would be to stop focusing so hard on what everyone else thinks of you um you know I wasn't really that 15 year old that thought so hard about what people thought that I wouldn't just do me and do whatever it is I wanted and and needed to do but it really really was a I guess a difficult it was it was it was something I found really really hard mm. um I I guess I I carried a lot of people's expectations um I really really wanted to be liked and I think I am still exactly the same to be honest um but you know it's it's all a work in progress it's something I'm I'm working on but I would definitely it would definitely be that you know um and also another really interesting thing that I've, I've I've learned kind of in the past few years is when you kind of when when you're I guess I guess really it's due to a bit of low self-esteem you kind of think everyone is thinking about you talking about you do they like you do they not like you like that really in the real world nobody's thinking about you nobody is concerned about you you know no one's thinking about you like to that extent everyone has their own lives everyone's getting on with their own lives and you just need to get on with yours Mm, as well yeah that is so important especially now I see um many women are on media and are Obviously, it's very interesting and very important to promote your business and the projects that you're doing over media as, as well, is that you always think of like, who's going to comment on this or who's going to see this and make fun of it or what do other people think of me? What will my family think? So how can you overcome these doubts? I guess the answer is to just be true to yourself and really just be honest with yourself about what you find acceptable, what makes you happy and what doesn't. Because essentially, you know, while everyone else have has, you know, everyone else has all these opinions and, you know, you're thinking about, you know, how many comments am I going to get? What is this person going to think? What are they going to think? Are people going to like it? Um, you have to live with you, right? 
So as long as you're happy with your actions, you're happy with what you're doing, with what you're posting, how you're working, um, it's really it's really all that matters, right? Because um, essentially, you know, there's never going to be a situation where everyone loves you. Um, you cannot make all the people happy all the time. So this might sound a little selfish, but, you know, if you just take the right amount, kind of the right dose of it, I think it really works wonders. You have to make yourself happy. Um, and I say that assuming that, you know, people will take into consideration, you know, um, what Allah Azawajal is happy with and what he's not happy with. Um, and following on from that, what makes you happy? And what are you, you know, how are you happy to behave, to be perceived? Um, what are you happy to do? Nice. That's amazing. Thank you so much. I think one thing that I would love from you is just asking the listeners one question they can answer in the comments. It has to do with something we talked about today. Wow. That's wow. Okay. So if you're listening and you want to engage with me, we were talking about where we see ourselves going, what success means and you know how we see ourselves getting there. I want to know your definition of success. And if you know how you plan to get there, I'd love to know how you think you can achieve it. Great. So you have heard her. What is your definition of success and how are you planning to get there? Go to sharediversity.com and leave your comments down below and share your diversity with us. And now for everyone, how can people find you online? So um, like Sina said, my website is inkhouse.org.uk. If you want to go to the blog, just add slash blog on the end of that. My Facebook, Instagram and Twitter are all the same. So at Inkhouse Writing, my LinkedIn, I am a big lover of LinkedIn, potentially more than all the others, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, so please do find me, Iman Ismail, E-M-A-N-I-S-M-A-I-L. Yeah, so hopefully I will connect with you and I look forward to speaking to you all. So you've heard her. Go and follow her on all these channels, inshallah. And don't forget to check out our store. We have some new items in there. And share this with your friends and family and people you think should know and hear about these topics of how to define success, how to redefine success, how you can write better copy or just improve your storytelling skills. And don't forget to comment on her questions. They're really interesting. I would love to hear your opinions on them. So share it with them, inshallah. Show some loves on the rating platform especially iTunes so we can keep going with creating content that is relevant for you until next time assalamu alaikum